Hello, welcome to the Alternative Reviews for Skeptics podcast, where I dissect and review everything from the cradle to the grave, all with a sceptical slant. This week's topic, I'm going to be talking about ghosts and the paranormal. And I will be bearing in mind one question, which is, is there anything to it, or is it just the mind playing tricks? So to start with, I have had a few what you might class as paranormal experiences. And my first one, I was in my teens. I remember I was sat in the living room of my mum's house. And we were just chatting. I believe it was about a friend of hers whose wife had recently died. And she looked over to the corner of the room and said, I think we should stop talking about this. Someone doesn't like it. And I was like, what the fuck? So I turned and looked where she was looking and there in the corner was what appeared to be a shadow person. Now these particular types of hauntings absolutely scare the shit out of me. It is just literally that thought of one standing in the corner of the room watching you, doing whatever you're doing or watching you fucking sleep. It is just so, so shit scary as far as I'm concerned. Because of my mum, though, I did discover most haunted and ghost adventures. She had an interest in the paranormal herself. She read a lot of books about it. She watched a lot of programmes about it. I remember watching them and really getting into them. My partner at the time watched them with me and we were just really excited about every episode. Like, oh my God, look at what's happening now and look at what the evidence they found and all this kind of stuff. But then we started to doubt them and it did come out eventually that there was, you know, a lot of things that were not completely accurate, a bit fraudulent stuff maybe going on in them and there was a lot of speculation about that and maybe a bit staged. So it was really, really disappointing and after that I just completely gave up watching them. But because of this and my interest in the paranormal programmes, my partner bought me a spirit night experience. This was at a local train station, so we turned up, it was a Saturday night, freezing cold, and we stood at this station waiting for the person to turn up who was organising it, and she was 15 minutes late, so it wasn't a particularly good start. Then she said to us, we've all got board a train that will be coming in in a few moments, and we're going to be going to another station, but first we're going to go in the waiting room of this one, and we're going to see if there's any spirits in there. Okay, followed her in. And she was trying to call out spirits and anybody there and all this kind of thing. And then she said to the group of probably about a dozen people, would anyone like to go to the other room and see if there are any spirits in there who want to make any contact? I said, yeah, fine, okay. So me and my partner, we went in this other room and it turned out to be a toilet. And we felt like absolute fools standing in this toilet going, is anybody there? And and it was just, it, it felt really ridiculous. And my partner in a loud voice said to me, I didn't pay good money just to stand around in a fucking toilet. <laughs> and we did hear the group from the next room laugh. So it was kind of at that point that we went back and joined them. But then we boarded the train. We went to another station and that was where the organiser got the big guns out, got Ouija boards out. There were two groups of six, but some people decided to stand at the edge of the room. They really didn't want to use these boards. And we stood there, we were using the board, and this apparent spirit called Billy, who had worked at the station, came through and was talking to us just generally about kind of really simple things and stuff. 
This guy stood at the edge of the room and said, oh, actually, I would like a go. As he approached our group, it was apparent he had no arms. So the organisers kind of looked at him and said, how are you going to use the board? And he said, oh, easy. Whoever he was with, friend, partner, took his sock off and he proceeded to put his big hairy toe on top of my finger. So I spent the entire time using this board with a man's big hairy toe on me. And then when we got back to the original station that we came from, we went into a control booth with these massive leaves in it and there was just, me and this guy went in there and we were calling out spirits and calling out Billy and all this kind of thing, but uh, there was nothing. We just went and joined the group again, so it was a really full flat story. But then when we got to the waiting area that we had originally got in and we'd gone through the toilet the organizer said does anyone here want to try scrying so i i think we really a lot of us didn't know what that was and i again was like yeah i'll try it so she said right you've just got to sit on this chair in front of this mirror and i turn all the lights off and then you just stare in the mirror and see what you can see so i did and i saw nothing absolutely nothing and i will make an admission now i did make stuff up I just felt so awkward and and then it kind of got out of hand because the more stuff I said the more people gasped and thought it was real so it kind of prompted me just to say more really but they left having a really good night and that was all that counted for them you know it was just this really good night they could go and tell their friends about but I just felt like an absolute arsehole for making all this shit up after we'd done all that, we got free chili con carne. And I have to say, I think for me, it was the best point of the night. But it was quite expensive, chili con carne, given how much the ticket was. And when we left, I remember me and my partner approaching the organiser. She said to us with a big smile on her face, so how did you find it? Did it turn you into complete believers in the paranormal? And my partner just looked at her, looked her in the eye. And she said, you know what, I came here tonight not really believing and I was kind of hoping it would help me believe, but now I'm leaving not believing at all. <laughs> and the organiser's face just fell and I felt so bad for her because obviously she had spent a lot of time and energy creating this spirit night. But yeah, there was not much that went on really. But after that, I think it was a few months later, I watched the film White Noise. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it is really fucking creepy. And it's basically this guy's wife dies and he can kind of communicate with her through static on the TV and stuff like that. Afterwards, I just was so creeped out. And I went to bed that night laying there with my eyes shut and just feeling as though there was something in the room. And I kind of felt this thing over my face and I remember opening my eyes and just seeing this hand over my face and I slapped it and then I slapped the arm that was attached to it and then I realised it was just my partner and it wasn't a ghost. And I said to her, like, why did you do that? You know that I was creeped out by white noise, but she really didn't know why she did it. Obviously, sceptically, I do think she was just fucking winding me up. And she knew that it would really, really scare me. And then there is the haunted balloon. Now, I don't know whether this was an actual haunted balloon or whether it was just the airflow making it move around. I really don't know. But 
I remember we did, when we brought in helium balloons, the cats would chew the ribbons of the helium balloon, and normally they're weighted down by a quite heavy piece of plastic. But, of course, when the ribbons were cut, they would just float to the ceiling. And there was one morning I woke up, I sat up in bed, and there was this balloon just beside me, just dangling in midair. And so I batted it away, and I got up, and I went to have a shower. As I was having a shower, I felt something behind me, so I turned around, there was the balloon again. And I batted it away once more. I went through to the bedroom, I got changed, and I headed out for work. And as I opened the front door, this fucking balloon just floats out of the front door and up into the air, and away it went. And I really don't know whether some spirit had decided to possess a balloon. Who knows? But it could, like I say, just have been the airflow that I created as I moved around and it moved around with me or something. So it could be sort of, you know, physics and all that kind of thing. When I was in my very early 30s, I decided, because I'd lived with this partner and then I moved back to my parents and then I moved out and I lived on my own. So after two years of living on my own, I ended up moving into this really ancient flat. It was about 300 years old. And I was living in the attic. And I remember laying there in bed. Quite a few nights this happened. I would hear whispering as I was just laying there trying to go to sleep. And it was just really eerie. But I could never actually make out what the voices were saying. And there was also an incident where a door opened on its own. But obviously this building was built kind of pre-spirit level. So it was all slanted everywhere, you know. In my living room, my sofa was slanted one way and the TV was slanted in the completely opposite direction. So it was really awkward watching the TV. So it could have just been maybe there was a heavy vehicle went past on the road that ran adjacent to this building and it just caused vibrations that made the door open. So I really didn't worry about that at all. But then I moved to what I consider a legitimately haunted flat. I was there for about a couple of years. And when I moved in, I did know that my landlady, who at the time lived away, she had lived there with her mum for the last years of her mum's life. Now, I don't really know if her mum died in that flat or whether she died in hospital. I have no idea. I didn't go into that much detail, obviously, with her. However, it was... It felt like a proper haunting experience to me. I would have strange dreams. I would feel as if my arms and legs were being touched in the night, just very gently. And I would feel sometimes like someone was standing behind me as I was reading or anything like that quite late at night. And the first night I was there, I do remember hearing a lot of footsteps outside my bedroom door. I did try and debunk this as being maybe just people walking around in the communal area outside, the floorboards from that communal area maybe ran into the flat and through the hallway outside my bedroom door. But I remember hearing those maybe a few days later when I was in the living room and I thought, there's someone walking around out there. And as I approached the hallway, these footsteps immediately stopped and I looked under my front door there was no light on, there was an automatic light in the communal area and the light wasn't on. So it was pretty apparent there probably wasn't anyone out there walking around. 
And that was really freaky. But I stayed because it was just, it you know, it was small things. It wasn't these huge, scary things like all the furniture in my living room one morning was just all on the ceiling and then came collapsing down as I walked in. It was little things like the toilet flushed on its own, usually around about 11 o'clock at night. So I presume that's when the old lady used to go to bed and there would be objects that I would have in the flat. I had a small resin skull that had horns and I would set that up so it would be in a cabinet looking into my living room. I would come home from work and I would find it turned to one side, usually looking at the bathroom. So I don't know what significance that had, but apparently there was something significant about the bathroom. Could have been that's where she died, perhaps. And also I found whatever was there didn't like me having visitors much. If I had somebody who stayed over, this person, this entity, would just walk around in the living room on the laminate flooring very, very, very loudly all night. And I just would hope that the person staying over would be asleep while all this was happening because I thought, what a way to freak them out. I did test the theory that perhaps it was a haunting by the landlady's mother when I knew the landlady was selling up by basically just saying, look, your daughter is not coming back and you should now go into the light. And after that, there was nothing. It was just so peaceful from then on right up until the day that I moved out. And then I moved in with a friend. I didn't think anything could get any creepier, but apparently that bedroom I moved into was really fucking creepy. And I did feel, again, like my limbs were being touched in the night, my arms and legs. I also thought maybe there was like a shadow figure in the corner of the room and I could see its red eyes sometimes. It was really, really frightening. After I had a bereavement, Also, there was a lot of lights in the house that would flicker. Once I was on the phone to someone and I was talking about my grandparents and I did go into some of the things that they did that were quite funny and I was talking about my granddad and all of a sudden the line just went dead. I phoned the person back and they were really freaked out and they said, oh my God, there was just a crackling noise and the phone went dead. And then... I heard a crash from the other side of the wall. I hung up really quickly. I legged it out there. I went to the next room, which happened to be my friend's bedroom. My friend ran up the stairs. The other side of the wall to where I was sitting, literally loads of stuff had fallen off at the top of a cupboard. And the one thing that fell off was this extremely heavy photo frame. And we tried to test whether it was because the window was open and there was a bit of airflow in the room. But that photo frame was just really sturdy and it just didn't move. And sometimes my friend would go and stay somewhere else on a Saturday night and I would find that I would have more strange dreams while I was alone. Sometimes I would wake up and feel like there was somebody in the bed with me. But when I came round to full consciousness, obviously there was nobody there and it was really, really scary. And I did have a photo of my grandparents in the corner of the room where this supposed shadow figure was was standing and I did think it was haunted. So I took it to a psychic and she said to me, she said, no, no, there's nothing attached to this photo. It's just a really nice photo. 
of a couple on their wedding day. It's absolutely fine. But then I moved out to a new house. I sometimes still think there's something haunting the place, but maybe it's just purely my imagination, especially given the the last or the, the few years prior to that. Perhaps it is all just me thinking there is uh, when there isn't. But I also do find that films based on more realistic situations, much more creepy and relatable. Stuff like Eden Lake, if you've ever seen it, and I Spit on Your Grave, especially the remake, um, I find far more disturbing because they are so real. They can, they could happen, very definitely could happen. And I find them a lot more upsetting than any kind of horror film with all the CGI or pre-CGI with the made-up characters and hauntings and monsters and stuff that are in those. So now we move on to the believable points of hauntings and the paranormal. Some things can't be explained purely by physics. Testing theories, it, it just doesn't seem to be easily explainable and easily debunked. Especially when stuff happens a lot. And I think that when two people are more see and hear things, that's when those situations feel much more real to me. Because if I feel or see something myself on my own, I could just say, oh, it's my imagination. But if a couple of people or more see it, is it really the imagination? And I think as children, we are also led to believe that spooky things go on after dark. Kids' books, they are synonymous with this, selling that particular point about, you know, when the lights are out. Kids' TV, they also kind of ham it up a bit with all these ghosts and girls and goblins and all the shit that runs right after dark. So we are kind of, I suppose, in a sense, brainwashed as children to think that weird things are going to happen once it's dark. And also being alone, as I lived alone I found this a lot that can heighten your senses to things that happen it can make you feel like things are happening that perhaps aren't it's just natural noise of a, a building settling at night or something like that and it can actually become something it isn't so I suppose it is a case of when you are with someone else you can say what was that noise and they can explain it to you well that was just the building settling don't worry about it because you've got that company, that person who's put your mind at rest, it, it, it does feel a bit better when you are, are with someone else. Sceptically looking at this, I think that I am an easily spooked person. There's a lot of us out there, I believe. I think that can definitely make the difference between believing there's something going on and just kind of taking it with a pinch of salt. Also, things can happen coincidentally. So like the balloon following me around, it could have just been a coincidence that I was moving around, I was causing airflow, it was following me. And I think also maybe subconsciously, my mind is perhaps looking for these things to be true. I kind of think, oh God, what was that? Oh, it must be a ghost. It must be something paranormal. When perhaps it could be easily explained, but obviously when you're in that heightened sense of fear, you don't particularly want to go investigating that noise that you just heard. You want to kind of stay in the safe environment of under your duvet. When I thought I was, you know, there was someone in the bed with me, 
when I woke up. Maybe that was the overlap between my sleep state and my conscious state. So there was still a bit of dreaming going on. And when you're in your REM stage of sleep, your muscles, there is a bit of paralysis that happens. So I think when I woke up and I couldn't move, that was probably what that was all about, to be fair. And I think when you watch horror films, it can make you more jumpy. You can get conditioned so that you're not so jumpy, but I do tend to find that there's the odd horror film. It does make me more scared. And when you're scared, sometimes it is a case of you do think things are going on that aren't really going on. Back to the subject of paranormal shows, they've definitely fallen into disrepute. I think they've also tarnished the validity of of occurrences that happen. And I do think sometimes the mind can run riot, the imagination definitely kicks in there, especially after traumatic events. I remember after the bereavement I had, my mind definitely ran right and I think I was really looking for something to be happening because I wanted that communication. So maybe I was sensing or hearing or seeing things or feeling things when there wasn't actually things happening just because I wanted there to be something. But also our upbringings, they brainwash us into believing that after dark we're going to be haunted by a ghost or chased by a monster and therefore Some people are shit scared of the dark because of it and some people do sense perhaps things that aren't really there because that's what the expectation is, that it's dark, you know, shit goes on in the dark. And I think really to sum it up, to conclude the episode, uh, despite my own experiences, I do believe I'm still doubtful and uh, reviewing this whole thing under the banner of the question that I set myself at the beginning was is it all the imagination I do honestly think there's a lot of my imagination that comes into play with a lot of these occurrences my mind though is a more scientific mind so despite being easily spooked by stuff I can then rationalize it a bit according to maybe the more kind of sciencey side of things well it could be because of this and I can explain it So it doesn't become as spooky to me because I can make a bit of sense of perhaps what it might be rather than what I think it is. But I do respect people who believe wholeheartedly that there is stuff going on. I do think that personally it's my own imagination running right and it can be explained more by you know sleep cycles or physics or whatever it might be. It can be explained a lot more by that especially that gap between consciousness and sleep it is a case of there might be sounds that happen and stuff like that and they're not actually really there because you might be dreaming and it, it, it might just seem really really real when you wake up but really it's a very personal experience everybody feels these things differently and sees things differently it is a bit spooky how several people can see the same thing at the same time I must admit But I do think everybody is different and that's why some people believe more than others. For me, it's just my own personal perspective and my own take on the paranormal. But thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and share. You can go to Patreon where I can be found at Alternative Reviews for Skeptics. In next week's episode, I will be talking about the singing voice of Lane Staley. 
So come back next time for another alternative review with a sceptical twist. <laughs>